it's one of the best bits of my life really i really enjoy um being able to make a difference that's that's what it's all about for me yeah, at the moment we have a lot of it's okay to say i don't want this and i don't want that and to argue against things but actually what we need is more people to be saying this is what i would do instead hi there this is carla owen chief executive of animal free research uk and this is the animal free Labcast a show dedicated to a kinder modern science that puts humans at the heart of medical research. Today, I'm talking with Steph Jones-Giles, a long-time supporter, community ambassador and champion fundraiser for our charity, along with her friends and colleagues in the Bude Support Group. I'll be asking Steph why she's so passionate about animal-free research and what keeps her and the team motivated. So stay tuned to learn about why Steph says her incredible fundraising is one of the best bits of her life. So I'm really delighted to be joined today on the Animal Free Labcast by Steph Jones-Giles. Steph, thank you for joining me. Could you just start by um, letting listeners know who you are and a bit about yourself? Uh, Yeah, of course. Thank you for asking me, Carla. Um, I'm Steph Jones-Giles and I live in Bude in North Cornwall, which is a fabulous place to live, I have to Mm. say. And I am a community ambassador for the charity and also a chair of the Bude Support Group, which I set up here. And there's now quite a large, large group of us that that, uh, raise awareness and money for you. And, And what was it about the charity that made you think, yeah, this is the one for me? Since I was 14, I was vegetarian at 14, and then I became involved in lots of um, animal organisations, charities, and I had lots of literature. And I would do stalls and do do what I could. I wanted Mm. to be a voice for for animals. Um, I think what I didn't realise properly until I came across um, Animal Free Research UK as it is now is how much I personally find it difficult to have distressing imagery. Yeah. And a lot of the organisations, of, of course, they're, they're trying to raise that awareness and yeah. raise people's awareness, I suppose, in, in the issues. And they do use quite um, full-on, I suppose, what I think are sort of quite nasty imagery. Yeah. Um, I, I understand it's not, it, 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 you know, I, I understand why they're doing it. But for me personally, um, when I found Animal Free Research UK, what I loved was the fact that there wasn't any of that. It was... Yeah about talking about the uh, the evidence that was coming out of the research, all of the successes. It was very much positive, solution-focused, not just uh, raising the problem. Yeah. And and for me, that that's what clicked because that's something I felt I could take to other people. I, I can't stand having something flash on Facebook, for example, mm-hmm. in front of my eyes, and I've had no choice about whether I've seen it or not. And that way of, of, of activism, I suppose, just doesn't suit me personally. Yeah. And so for, for me, that's why this charity, I, I felt, yes, we can make a big difference. I can see, you know, I could be part of, very exciting to think, see, see to be part of seeing the end of animals used in laboratories, yeah. but do that in such a way that I can explain um, how we're getting there, what we're doing about it. That that really resonates for me as well, Steph. Um, I, before I worked here, I worked for a long time in at Quality Free International, which has a really important role to play in highlighting the reality of life for animals in laboratories. And I was there for a decade, and mm. I'm still haunted by some of the things that I've seen on on video footage. Mm. And I think you know, for me, that's really important. But I think it gets to a stage where. You don't need to see it anymore. Actually, mm-hmm. your imagination is doing the job for you. And, and, and even more than that, because I, I would feel like that for me, but I think even more than that for for a lot of the people that I come across that come to stores or when I'm speaking to clients, um, actually, that's the bit that would make them switch off. Yeah. 
And actually yeah. what, what allows me to switch on is actually me just talking about, for example, obviously I'm working a lot more closely with Professor Lorna Harris because it's Exeter and that's our yeah. main, main sort of lab. And so being able to explain the diabetes research and what's come out of it and where they're going next, that's the bit that's engaging. Yeah. If somebody wants to then think about what it might like be like to be a mouse in those experiments otherwise they can do but most people don't they no. want to hear that they can do something they can yeah. do something positively um and yeah so i think it's it's a very engaging way if you like to engage it's a silly phrase but you know it, it's, a, it's a way of uh, it, it's, it's a way of being able to pull people in that is comfortable yeah. to them i think absolutely and i think that what you said before about the solutions focus that's really important to me yeah. as well yeah, um sure. like you you know people want to hear about the the things that can be done instead mm. not just being against something but being for something yeah. and i think that means that you know we we have you know collectively we have a really powerful story to tell that mm. this is the way things can be done like the mm. work like you said that lorna harry's at Exeter university and her colleagues and many more people across the world are doing yeah. And and actually that's another point of something I really like about about the charities. When I'm when I'm on the store or we're on the store, quite often we'll have people come across and they might take out a twenty pound note and they'll say I'm an animal lover yeah. and they will want to give us money. And then occasionally we'll have somebody that'll say, Um, I, I don't support animal charities. Mm-hmm. And and my response is, Well, it's your lucky day. <laughs> because this this charity is about finding treatments, better treatments, cures for 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 d- diseases which affect human beings. So I think the fact you can come at it from both of those angles is also really powerful because it is. I don't. I I think if there was nothing else we could do apart from use animals, I personally wouldn't want that done in my name. Mm. But I wouldn't criticise other people for saying my grandson has this illness or my father has this and, and I want a cure. Of course, of course. people would. Yeah. But, but and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I want too. But now we're able to say, look at this evidence that actually human relevant research is, is working. In fact, it's getting better answers that some of the animal models are just holding back research. That, that's a very powerful argument. Absolutely. So Steph, you said that you turned vegetarian when you were 14 and you got involved with lots of animal charities. So where does all that come from for you? Why, why this cause? It, it's sort of, I, I sort of thought about this, I suppose, when I knew I was going to be coming here to do a podcast and thought, yeah. well, what, what, what were the things that really triggered and what brought me to you? And there's two examples and they actually they mirror each other mm. different ages one was a teenager the other one uh, in my 30s mm-hmm. um and and I think they're also relevant to the way that I work also so when I was 14 I I mean brought up as I said lots of dogs cats horses rabbits you, you know the whole the whole uh, live in the country so lots of yeah. um, wildlife and I, I there was a story in the in the paper and it was about a, a cow or a bull that had gone on the rampage, you know, the sort of story you now hear maybe every so many years. Yeah. And it was quite made to be quite comical, you know, it was almost like the the the, uh, the cow had knocked the policeman over and you know, this sort of thing. And it ended with the cow being captured and then taken back to the yard. And I found it a funny story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why, I would never know why my mother chose that moment to explain to me that actually they had captured the cow and taken it back to the to this to the abattoir. That that's right. where it had come from. And it, it was just one of those moments. I still think now, how could I have got to 14 and not have realized what meat was? No. And and clearly I must have done, but mm-hmm. like 
everybody does in those situations. I sort of blocked it out. I was brought yeah. up in a mutating family, loved animals, and I just hadn't put those things together. Yeah. So, so that was the story of why I became vegetarian and how I then started getting involved more in some of the organisations around. Um, but when I was 35, something similar happened. I was mm-hmm. walking the coastal path and I was down at the lizard at the time mm-hmm. and stayed overnight in a bed, bed and breakfast and there was this most horrendous noise I mean I, I would, I'm glad I can't rehear it but it was the most awful awful low crying and it just mm-hmm. happened all through the night mm-hmm. and I just could not imagine what it could be it was yeah. it was cut through me horrendous yeah. and uh, the next morning I asked in the bed and breakfast you know what was that noise and mm. they said, oh, it's just the mother cows crying for their babies. They stop in a couple of days. Oh. And, and again, yes. it was just that, it, that, that, that's what will keep me vegan for life, is just that memory of the sound that I heard. Of the heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. And, mm. and, and again, you just feel so silly. How could I be 35 and not know what dairy was? And yeah. even being vegetarian, but I hadn't, I hadn't made that connection yeah. And again, I don't think it's because I was a silly person. I think it's because mm. I had blocked out yeah. the moment that I probably had made that connection because it wasn't suiting me at the time. So interestingly, as a vegetarian animal free research UK or doctor have interest as it was, I'd never turned up in any of my searches for organizations. Mm. But when I was vegan, it did. And, oh. and that was that was the connection for me. I don't know why it was clearly there all along. A bit like a bit like a bit like <laughs> going for fifty years, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So my whole life, in fact, it's the same year as I was born that, oh. uh, that you started up. Um, so so it, again, it's just things come to you maybe at the right time, yeah. and 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 that's how I think it links to how I work because I really try to see that everybody's on their own journey. You know, at, at, at 30, at, a vegetarian at 35, not understanding where dairy came from, you know, I could have had somebody be very critical of me. As it happens, nobody was. So I try my hardest not to be critical of anybody. Mm-hmm. But actually, the beauty of this charity, I think, is it doesn't matter what other choices you make in your life. You can still agree yeah. that that actually, if you don't, I often say on the store, I'll say to somebody, if we can have really good, cutting-edge, innovative medical research without using animals would you want us to still use animals and all but one man once you always get one yeah um, uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> he said yes uh, but you know of course the majority of you say no because why would you why would you want to hurt something else if you didn't have to yeah. and um and uh, so so again I, I try and work forgetting other choices people might make and just say we'll all come together here because we can all walk this line together yeah. let's not do it if we don't have to let's move towards human relevant research which is not involving other species absolutely um, I think an example I also give, which again makes usually makes people laugh, but it is that you know if you had a, a daughter and she was absolutely obsessed with horses and wanted a stables and wanted ponies and it was any everything she always thought about, would you get a guinea pig and say, well look, if we start there, see how you get on, and then we we'll move on to horses after? You, you just it's farcical, you know, and and this is how I feel. It's farcical. Why is it we're looking? at a completely different species yeah. to try and get the answers for human systems, if you like. It doesn't make Absolutely. any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You're listening to the Animal Free Labcast with me, Carla Owen, Chief Executive of Animal Free Research UK, and my guest, Steph Jones-Giles. If you're enjoying this episode, please do leave a review and share with your friends to help us spread the word. 
I, I spend a lot of time talking to lots of different people with with really different perspectives. So there's people that I talk to who, like us, have been vegetarian and then vegan and, you know, gone on that journey and that's how they come to the charity. And then there are other people that I speak to who haven't been on that journey at all but just want better treatments for people mm. and see that this is the better way to do it. And you know what? I'm fine with all of it. Absolutely. 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 You know, there's no judgment here. Just let's just do things in the best way possible. Yeah, absolutely. And and when we're looking by a group in in Butte, um, mm. say mine. I mean, I obviously I, I first reached out and started it yeah. um, back in 2015. Um, and uh, our social media request, you know, as you do. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're a real mixed bag of people. Again, yeah. we're completely different um, ages um, and jobs and all sorts of things. We have people who are retired, um, very different perspectives, as you say. But actually, we all share this this common goal. And we work incredibly well together. So tell us a little bit more about the Bude Group, what you guys do, how you've been raising funds for us, um, how much you've raised. I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always know. I was like, keep a ta- keep a tab on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely. Um, yes, we're we're a, a group of usually about sixteen at one time of core group members um, that meet monthly, and you know we do all of the, the looking and cooking and seeing what we're going to do next. Um, but outside of that, we have a huge amount of support in the community. Yeah. Um, I have to say that the community is is an incredible place, and we get an, an awful lot of people who attend, who are supportive, who support on social media. And it's not because Bude is just boring and there's nothing happening. And in fact, I have <laughs> sure, never it's not too boring. No, I have <laughs> never come across a place where there is so many activities. There's so much fundraising, yeah. so many active voluntary groups. And and what I think is so special is we all support each other. So even though oh, we've all got maybe our own little baby, people support one another. So we always have the larger, um, the larger group around us. But there's about there's about sixteen of us who sit there working out what we're going to do, and there's every year really new new opportunities um, yeah. come about. Um, this well, the last couple of years when you've had um, introduced your Animal Free Research Awareness Week, mm. um, we were really lucky to talk to Morrison's and they grabbed hold of it and ran with it and of course now we are based there for a whole week yeah um, and that looks fantastic you take just take over the viewed Morrison's and yeah it's yeah it's, it's brilliant and the, the staff wear the t-shirts and and this yes. year of course we we um got in contact to all, all of the local primary schools nurseries got involved in a coloring competition oh, uh, which you, you provided the coloring sort of sheets for and the children's prizes and Morrison's provided the school prizes so okay. that was really important just to get young people involved yeah. as well and so their parents were seeing animal free research UK they were aware obviously coming into the to the store that was there all, all, all the week which was which was really fantastic mm. um we have lots of other events we just tag into as we go. Carnival, I think you will have seen Butte Carnival. Yeah, I've uh, seen we... the photos of Carnival, amazing. Yeah. Can yeah, you describe? That's... Can you describe for listeners? When I was growing up in Wales, they'd long stopped um, carnivals, but in Cornwall and, and Devon, they're still very, very active. Um, so the villages around have carnivals. Bude is a town has a carnival, and they have various carnival queens, which offer you know, the young children. They will then go from carnival to carnival, as do some of the stalls. In mm. fact, we've we've ventured over to Devon before and and taken our our float there. Uh, floats, I beg your pardon, not stalls. Um, so in the daytime, there are fundraising stalls, and then at night. Um, there's a combination of large floats and then walking 
um, mm-hmm. entries. Um, we just uh, walk around Beaude, really, it's to a huge audience. I mean, there were so many people lining the streets this year. They all throw money in the collection buckets. Mm-hmm. And um, and you can take anything you like. Well, obviously, ours are always animal-related. Um, yeah. We do it as part of a larger Beaude Animal Friends uh, group. And um, and yes, and, and off we go. So it's, it's great. And people love the animal characters. So we always get quite a lot of a, attention as well, because children so- like like that. What does can you describe your float for us then? What what if 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 you were going to paint a picture of of your float? What what does it look like? What's on it? Well, it's different every year. This this year was a little bit different for sort of personal reasons because I had to head over to America, so I couldn't sort of drive that particular entry. So this year we were all doing um, a mainly walking entry, mm-hmm. and the local hedgehog rescue did their did their entry which was fantastic they did uh, they did uh, Mr and um, Mr and Mrs Tiggy Winkles and they had a sort of beautiful artistic display which was brilliant Um, the year before we did a combined one so all of the rescues and ourselves we all did a different section of the float Mm -hmm. so in ours we had a a monkey that was um, doing monkey like things um, (laughs) uh, uh, with uh, with of course the animal free research uk t-shirts on um, and that and that was drawing the attention but we did also use some cages and also had them uh, animals bursting out of them and that was the the messaging really um, just to have a bit of fun but none of the animals were still in there they were either out like the monkey yeah um, or they were or they were sort of teddies if you like they were climbing out uh, yeah. climbing out of the cages um so so yes i feel when i first had an idea of setting this up in 2015 i my mission i suppose was to make animal free research uk a household name i just wanted if you like that within this community people knew what it was it wasn't anything frightening people supported it yeah. we've well, absolutely done that yeah I, I i feel that's you sort of going around in things like the carnival which is yeah. hugely attended um yeah i can feel that that's happened and that's 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 what i wanted fantastic really. yeah have you ever faced any resistance um or you know negative kind of comments as you've been on this journey with making animal free research uk a kind of viewed known charity i think in the in the beginning people didn't understand what it was so there was much more likely to be um people weren't as positive i suppose because they were suspicious mm-hmm. um and and they were much more like with the, with the name change people would say things like oh free animals oh no i don't want one of those you know you get you get you, you get that, <laughs> again there's that, always one <laughs> yeah you get that but that happened a few times actually and you get that type of type of response right um and i th- i think the biggest example really was applying for some money at some point um when I, I'd asked, so well, people were a bit like, oh, you know, it's sort of animal rights, and they were a bit mm-hmm. concerned about, and, and that confused me because I sent the leaflets through. So you think which part of that would have given you any indication yeah. that, that in some way they were getting involved in something they really didn't want to get involved in? Mm. Um, so of course I put my case back and, and I got the money. But of course you did, Steph. <laughs> absolutely, I, I don't take no for an answer. No. Uh, but, uh, but but that it's I th- I think it hadn't occurred to me that somebody would do that. But it was mm. literally not understanding, yeah. and I think it's taking the time year in year out and showing we're you know a really nice bunch of people yeah. um, that aren't threatening people, and and now people have been very open and and have and have got it. Um, and so yeah, so I, I think occasionally I'm now more likely to get challenges from the other side of people coming and asking me. 
was Sawley Morrison's, as you know, this year. And somebody came up and got quite angry with me because, you know, surely I wanted to come and release the legals with them from the labs. There's also that challenge of saying to somebody, I completely understand, I understand your distress. But actually to here today, this is this is the the you know the the t-shirt I'm standing, the banner I'm standing under. Um so so yes, yeah, so sometimes you get those you get those sorts of challenges. And there will always be some people who don't understand yeah. um and don't want to understand. You say, you know, would you like a leaflet? And they'll say, No, thank you. Equally so, the amount of people who give you money and who say, Do you know about the charity? No. Would you like some information? No. I love those people. You think you're giving me money and you don't know what you're giving to. Um, there is there is surprising, really. But um, yeah, certainly now I feel there's very little challenge. And this carnival day this year, a gentleman came up and said, well, what else do you do then? And he sounded like he was being quite challenging and angry. Yeah. And of course, people looked to me and I stepped forward and I, I took, took him to the side and I started to explain. And I'd only gone through the first two ways, you know, mm-hmm. methods. And he said, oh, that's fine. It's absolutely fine. Great work then. Yeah, as long as there's something else, I don't mind. Oh, so, so so sometimes you can assume that somebody's going down a line. Yeah. But with him, it was literally, are you just telling me you don't want this to happen? Or have you got some solutions? Yeah. And as soon as you're saying, I have some solutions, then it takes the wind out of people's sails, really, I think. Um, and personally, I think that's, mirrors where we are as a society at the moment we have a lot of it's okay to say i don't want this and i don't want that and to argue against things but actually what we need is more people to be saying this is what i would do instead yeah, um, and, and you know politically i think that's probably where we are and actually as a charity that's where you lead really strongly is say we know actually what we're doing and we quietly go about it yeah it's the other thing i like actually carla is that you know there isn't any large advert on the tv or you know really fancy advertising and you get on with funding the research yeah. and i like that okay. you know it does mean it's more difficult maybe sometimes yeah. for people to know about you but yeah. i actually like that actually when people look you up as some of my clients do actually they go away and look you up and they come back and go oh yeah okay i, I support this charity because they look to see where, where charities are spending their money yeah how, how much you said before you knew how much you raised can you can you share that with us or is it a no, no, you can you you can know. We are we are currently um just under seven thousand this year. Amazing. Which, <laughs> which Fantastic. Takes, well yeah, done, thank you. It it takes us to uh forty seven thousand or just over so far. Wow. So Steph, again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart to to you and all the members of your community. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, you guys are completely unstoppable. How do you kind of keep up that motivation to keep going? Personally, it it's the it's one of the best bits of my life. Really, I really oh. enjoy um, being able to make a difference. That's that's what it's all about for me. And so, so it's not personally, it's not a, a great challenge if you like. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- but that goes through the whole of the group. We've got a really enthusiastic, energetic group, and so we meet every month um in a cafe have some to drink or some breakfast or whatever and then go through where we're at you know what we're going to do next looking to see what we've raised and keep keep pushing it oh it sounds absolutely incredible steph and i think i might move to butte (laughs) if you'll have me (laughs) you're very welcome come come down for carnival next year i'd love to take part yeah i'd absolutely love to so where do you hope all of this leads to, all of your fantastic kind of awareness raising and your fundraising and all this passion and drive? What are, what are your hopes for the horizon? 
well in an odd way my my dream would be that you didn't exist anymore yeah you were yeah. necessary um and and i've moved on to something else because there'll always be a cause there's lots of other things that i feel passionate about that i give money to that i support yeah. i just give all my energy to to this one so so yes in in an ideal world i'd like to live through the time where we stop using animals and actually there is no need to be championing this cause because it's all finished absolutely yeah it's, it's an odd thing to say isn't it but i would like for us not to be needed anymore yeah absolutely and then we'd find something else i, I think yeah. unfortunately there will it's, it's not as if all the problems would be stopped at the same time but this is one where i can see that there can be an end um it just takes governments to to step in really and and help that well, huge thanks, Steph, for your energy, for your passion, your drive, that relentless focus that you have. I'm just so incredibly grateful on behalf of the whole organisation and the animals and the scientists that you help us to support. So thank you. And thank you also for joining me today on the Animal Free Labcast. Thank you. It's been it's been lovely. And and I I think something that also stands out in my experience of working with you is how easier how transparent this is how easy it's to have a connection with you in headquarters with the staff there incredibly supportive and obviously been able to make links to the lab as well and and really i'm just i'm the spokesperson today and i am the spokesperson quite often at other occasions but there's this huge huge team and they're all amazing and i couldn't do it without them well thank you to all of you I love speaking with our supporters and learning about their motivations for supporting Animal Free Research UK. And it was such a pleasure talking with Steph and hearing about her passion and compassion. Steph and the Unstoppable Bude Support Group are a fundraising powerhouse and such an inspiration. Well, that's all we have time for in this episode of the Animal Free Labcast. Huge thanks to Steph for joining me. In the next episode, I'll be talking with Dr. Jan Turner, who works on the industry side of things for a biotech company called Axel Bioscience.